Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so that you don't have to. Now for the Week in Wacky Clips with Dylan Behan. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 96 of News Fighters for Friday the 25th of March 2022. I'm your host Dylan Bain, the Ash Barty of Wacky Clips. Now coming up on today's show, strap yourself in because I'm taking an in-depth look at the South Australian state election. Yes, the rumble in the city of churches, the democratic dance that saw the Liberals turfed out after only one term and what it all means for the upcoming federal election. But first to the ongoing war in the Ukraine. And this week in Russia, President Vladimir Putin decided to hold a flag-waving concert to promote unity around his illegal invasion of another country. In a cream turtleneck and a $20,000 puffer jacket, Vladimir Putin drumming up support for his special military operation. Which he says will liberate the people of Ukraine from genocide. Yes, nothing says you're a man of the people like wearing a $20,000 puffer jacket. Where where do you even get one of those? Uniqlo for rich idiots? And I love Channel 9 there throwing shade on the turtleneck. Like, ugh, it's bad enough he's bombing children's hospitals, but a turtleneck. Who would dare do that? Also bad news for Russians who wanted to watch anything else on TV except for that concert. And for those at home, the address was the only thing on television. Geez, what kind of a backwards country would have such a media monopoly where almost every channel would air the same crappy concert at the same time? Oh, oh wait. Australia Unites Red Cross Flood Appeal. Live Saturday, 7.30 on 9. Live 7.30 Saturday on 10. Live Saturday on 7. Yes, but it turns out all the Russians stuck in the freezing cold uh, being forced to listen to Putin's nationalistic rant were at least thankful they uh, didn't have to listen to Tones and I like we did in Australia. Putin's telecast didn't entirely go to plan, however. A technical glitch forcing state TV to cut away mid-sentence. 
Wow, that is some horrendous editing right there. And if you're wondering why the editing is getting so bad in Russia lately, well... It's because their TV editors are getting arrested. This was a stunning act of defiance from an editor at Russia's widely watched state TV network. Stop the war, no to war, she shouted mid-broadcast. Her sign, don't believe the propaganda, they are lying to you. Yes, a freelance TV editor at Russia's flagship national nightly news ran on screen with a protest sign last week. And as a freelance TV editor myself, let me say... Of course she did. Of course it's going to be a freelance TV editor. You know why? Because we got nothing to lose. You think we got stable careers? You think we got long service leave? You think we got houses with mortgages and a home life and a kids and family? Hell no. We're freelance TV editors. We've got none of those things to lose. All we do is work 15-hour days on short-term contracts in dark rooms, polishing turds to make uh, egotistical TV hosts and rich producers look good while we slowly get RSI and die. Of course it's going to be the TV editors who throw away their lives for a stupid protest. We have nothing to live for. So hey, Putin and all you other autocrats out there, if you've learnt one thing, it's, you know, you can piss off the oligarchs, you can piss off the public servants, you can even piss off the students and young people, but never piss off the freelance editors. We've got nothing to lose and we're bringing you down with us. And if you'd like to contribute to me never having to be a freelance TV editor again, please contribute to my Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Meanwhile, back in Australia, our Prime Minister and Leader of the Coalition, Scott Morrison, is trying to contribute to the Ukraine war effort the only way he knows how. Australia will also support the energy security of Ukraine by donating at least 70,000 tonnes of thermal coal. It's our coal. We dug it up. We've arranged the ship. We've put it on the ship and we're sending it there to Ukraine to help power up their resistance. This was a request that was made of us and Australia is in a position to fulfil that request. It was also made to me through the Polish Prime Minister. Yes, that's right. It turns out it was actually our old mate, the Polish Prime Minister, ringing up to ask a favour, requesting a call of Scott Morrison. And I think we all know how that phone call went. Uh, yes, Scott Morrison, Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki here. Remember when we saved your ass with a, a million doses of Pfizer last year? Well, you got any coal lying around by any chance? I think you might. The dying industry or the only ones still digging it up. Put that stuff on a ship. Stat. Also here in Australia, a uh, surprising company is facing an anti-Russia backlash boycott. And it turns out they're not even Russian. As the war in Ukraine continues to escalate, the Australian-owned Great Moscow Circus has faced a storm of criticism. The company, which is touring regional Queensland, has been forced to clarify that despite its name, it has no links with Russia. Comments on social media have called for a boycott. Geez, I wonder why people would possibly think that the Great Moscow Circus of all companies is Russian. What on earth would give them that idea? Oh, wait, maybe it's all the animals being held against their will on uh, trumped up political charges. What's amazing is uh, the fact that the Great Moscow Circus somehow tours Queensland every year. This hasn't clicked in anyone's minds that maybe they're not from Russia. Wow, this this Great Moscow Circus, you'd think they'd be playing Europe, but no, they're down at the Toowoomba showgrounds every year. They, they, they must really love Queensland.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, so now, anyone who listens to News Fighters regularly knows I love covering elections. I've covered every state election, Canadian election, British election that's happened uh, while we've been a podcast. So you'll know that I just couldn't help but go past the bruising battle that just went down between the marshmallow and the smiling quokka in South Australia. Tonight, Labor wins government in South Australia as Stephen Marshall concedes defeat. Labor has pulled off a stunning election victory in South Australia, ousting the Liberals after one term. The first time a sitting government has been defeated since the pandemic began. Peter Malinowskis will be the state's 47th Premier. Yes, Peter Malinowskis is the new South Australian Premier. Or, as Sky News called him... Labor leader, Peter Malinowskis... Uh, Good enough, I guess. Anyways, uh, so the fact that Australia has yet another state premier with a hard-to-pronounce surname wasn't missed by Mark Kenny on ABC's Insiders. It's possible that in a couple of months' time from now, we could have, as leaders of this country, a Palaszczuk, a Perrottet, a Gutman, a Malinowskis, and possibly an Albanese as well. So uh, it's quite interesting. Yes, that's right. Australia is still entirely ruled by white European people. Now, that's Australian-style diversity for you. Anyways, now to the campaign itself, and these people interviewed on the streets of Adelaide were definitely up with all the big election issues. What would it take for one of the parties to get your vote? What would impress you? Well, really, I don't know, honestly. Have you been paying much attention? No. Not at all. Do you, have you got any idea who's running? Um, no. Fun fact, all these people voted. Thanks, compulsory voting. South Australian voters also didn't have any idea about what kind of a leader they wanted. Now tell me, what makes a good leader? Oh, that's a difficult question. Mm. I mean, I, I look at myself as a good leader. I think Barack Obama would do me. Oh, lady, calm down. We're talking about who you want to lead, not who you want to shag. 
Mind you, it's not surprising. You know what they say about Adelaide. If a swing is on, Adelaide's often where you'll see it first. Yes, and it turns out she wasn't the only one ready to get her pants off this state election. There was also this guy talking to Peter Malinowskis inside a polling booth on election day. But inside, one voter almost lost his pants with excitement at the sight of the Labor leader. Oh, oh, oh no, that's not good. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot my belt. But it wasn't just pants dropping. There were also some other things from inside South Australian polling booths that we may soon see nationwide. This election, we're saying goodbye to the manual mark-off and introducing digital election credentials. Voters register their details through the MySA Gov app, the same one used for COVID check-ins. It will then provide each person with a unique QR code, like a boarding pass to vote, reducing the sign-in process from several minutes to seconds. Previously, you had to give your name, your address. That took time to search up, particularly names like McDonald's and O'Loughlin's and things where it took someone to flip through a 90 or 100 page book to find you alphabetically. Yes, of course, that's how they're going to sneak voter ID laws in in Australia. They're going to make it part of some fun app. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be up for doing this. If you ask me, I want to have my uh, name marked off the electoral roll the old fashioned way. Uh, by shouting the spelling of my name at an 80-year-old retired teacher in an echoey school hall for five to ten minutes. Yes, Dylan Behan, Bain, Behan, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yes, B-E-H. Sorry, Behan. B, B, E, B for Barry, E for Egg. Anyways, onto the campaign issues themselves, and it seems like Malinowskis won by focusing on one issue in particular. Labor has been campaigning hard on improving the state's health system, vowing to tackle the state's decade-long issues with ambulance ramping. Now, the key issue in this election campaign has been ambulance ramping, the perception that people were dying while they were waiting for ambulances to respond. South Australians know exactly what's going on within our health system. They know that triple zero is being called at the moment and ambulances aren't rolling up on time. While the sitting Premier, Liberal Stephen Marshall, was a bit more all over the place. The Liberal Party that's committed to building a $662 million basketball stadium. The Liberal Party today announced a $5.2 million investment in an Adelaide Hills mountain bike precinct. Between 20 and $30 million to convert a quarry at Highbury into a park. A commitment from the government for a new giraffe enclosure. The people of South Australia have got to determine who they trust to manage the budget, manage the economy in South Australia. Yes, and nothing says better at handling the economy like like prioritising giraffes over people dying waiting for ambulances. I mean, who wrote his policy handbook? Healthy Harold's obese, alcoholic brother, unhealthy Hudson, the giraffe? But of course, the media was focused on other more important issues than just health this election, like Malinowskis getting his shirt off at the local pool. In the race to be Premier, it's important to show off your best assets. Even before the campaign started, Peter Malinowskis was making a splash and sending the internet into a frenzy. And of course, there was the most important issue facing South Australians at this election. What kind of bread the candidates eat? The debate's starkest contrast came on a question about loaves of bread. Stephen Marshall had the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand with his response to a cost of living question about bread. 
Prime Now, both leaders were able to answer how much a loaf of bread costs, but the Premier had an interesting response. Take a listen. This is a little bit humiliating, but I don't eat bread. I'm on the keto diet. I had a look at the paper the other day. I knew I had to do something, so I'm not on the bread. I'm not on the carbs. I find myself munching on... Um uh, the wholemeal version, I'm trying to remember, it says a Wonder White. Ugh, please, mainstream media, stop asking politicians about bread and start asking them about important issues like how anyone under 45 is supposed to be able to afford housing or childcare. For the love of God, a few years from now, we're all going to be homeless living down at the rubbish tip having endless conversations about uh, what a controversy it is that uh, Prime Minister Alex Hawke uh, doesn't eat sourdough before we all go off and sleep in our uh, humpies made from discarded masks. Focus on the real issue here. Anyway, sadly, that was basically the entire election campaign. It didn't get much coverage due to, you know, the East Coast floods, Russia invading Ukraine and Warney dying. But thankfully, we did get the answer to that bread question. and And that's all that matters. So on to election night and looking at the uh, election night TV coverage, uh, three TV channels and YouTube conspiracy theory channel Sky News all offered live coverage of the big night. And of course, as always, my personal favourite highlight is Anthony Green getting flustered at his giant touchscreen. Um, and the next seat is... Uh, oh, I've got some funny buttons here. Nope, I've lost my receipt run. Let me go to... Sorry, I lost Flinders. Meanwhile, over on Channel 7's election night coverage, they brought out the big guns. And we've got uh, Liberal heavyweight Christopher Pine. Welcome to you, Chris. Rosanna, thank and you. you. Yes, that's right. The host of Australia's worst podcast, Pine Time, was on Channel 7, which of course meant he spent the whole night just talking over other people before then complaining about how it was his turn to talk again. I've been on election before, campaigns. Here he is, completely interrupting me again. I didn't interrupt him. Both well, got I mean, things to say. Before so we'll catch up. Got out of the first 5%. The seat of black. Well, I think yeah. I should have a go we've now. We've got He's just said we've what got he a wonderful, to say. wonderful. Yes, Christopher Pine was so exasperating that Seven's Rosanna Mangiarelli literally lost her voice trying to moderate. At least you can... Oh, I'm losing my voice there, Dan. <laughs> Very early in the piece. <laughs> Very early in the piece. Too much shouting already. Now, I can hear the children squabbling over there. Rosanna, have you got your voice back yet? Actually, I think um, Christopher and Don might have some figures for us. Sorry, we're a bit rowdy tonight, despite not having a voice. It's going to have to be good night from me. No, no, I'm so sorry. My voice is just going too I'm much so shouting sad. earlier, and I blame the both of you. <laughs> oh. But thanks for having no, me. Please. Yes, and fun fact, Christopher Pine hasn't been that responsible for someone leaving their job since the Liberals shut down the entire South Australian car industry. Also on Channel 7, they had live crosses to the Liberal Party election night event, ironically held at a pub called the Robin Hood. Every Liberal there was like, I know we're a broad church, but I don't like being associated with this Robin Hood character. Giving to the poor is really not on brand for us. So just before 9pm, outgoing Premier Stephen Marshall took to the stage at the Robin Hood to deliver his concession speech, and he tried to sum up everything that the Liberals had achieved in their single term in power. We came to government four years ago, an incredible situation. Since then, we've had fires, floods, fruit fly, the coronavirus, bushfires. I think we leave South Australia in an immeasurably better situation than what we found four years ago. Yes, we are leaving the place burned out, flooded, insect infested and plague ridden. But aside from that, we did 
pretty good, right? Marshall also tried to take credit for reversing the South Australian brain drain. It wasn't that long ago that South Australians wanting to pursue their ambition moved to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Singapore, Hong Kong, London or New York. People can now find the dream, their dream job right here in South Australia. Yes, I'm sorry. What was it that stopped people from moving overseas or interstate the past two years? Was there, was there something that stopped people literally from travelling? I, I can't remember. I mean, very bold there of Stephen Marshall to try and take credit for one of the upsides of the pandemic. I mean, what will he claim next? Uh, two years ago, nobody in South Australia knew how to bake bread at home. Uh, but now, thanks to our stable government, almost everyone's had a go at baking bread at home. Except for me, I'm on the keto diet. Meanwhile, across town at the Adelaide Oval, home of the... Uh, hang on, let me just check Wikipedia here. Yes, home of the uh, Adelaide Oval Stadium Management Authority. Oh, and the Australian Rules Football Club, the Adelaide Crows, uh, newly elected Premier Peter Malinowskis was doing some crowing of his own. See what I did there? We get one shot to recover from a global pandemic as a state and as a nation. And when we look back on this moment, in 20 years' time, let them say that this generation was the new reconstruction generation. No, wait. Everyone knows the new reconstruction generation was the name of Prince's backup band in the early 90s. Prince and the new reconstruction generation. We all had that CD growing up. I know I did. Anyways, in his speech, Malinowskis went in hard on portraying Labor as the party of communal sacrifice for the better good. Let them say that in this moment, this most unique occasions, that this generation decided not just to think about the next four years, but for the next generation to live out on that truly egalitarian Australian ideal that we care for others more than we care for ourselves. Thank you very much. Care for others more than we care for ourselves? Doesn't he realise this is modern Australia? Thanks to Morrison and Howard, we're not a country where we care for other people. We're a country of you're on your own, every man for themselves, and that sounds like a you problem. I mean, just look at all the flood victims in Lismore right now. What did you want to say to Scott Morrison? We need housing. To which Scott Morrison replied, uh, didn't I already do a photo up with you guys? Leave me alone. So, of course, after this momentous election result with the one-term Liberal government being defeated, there was only one question on everyone's minds. What the Liberal South Australian defeat could mean for the upcoming federal election. Could there be federal implications from this result? Are there any federal implications out of this? Prompting questions about what it might mean for the upcoming federal election. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, good for you, South Australia, but, but, but what does it mean for me? Well, for a start, it means pandemic incumbency is a thing of the past. This loss in South Australia is the first loss for an incumbent government during the pandemic. The first state to oust a pandemic premier. It's the first post-Omicron defeat. Incumbency is no longer a protection for governments. Yeah, look out, ScoMo. Aussies are ready to dump their leaders faster than masks on public transport. But if you could please keep wearing your mask on public transport, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. I haven't got COVID yet and I don't have any paid sick days. But personally, a few observations I noticed out of the South Australian election result. Uh, I don't know about you. Maybe it's having hundreds of uh, extra people in hospital all the time thanks to COVID. But I think voters really care about healthcare right now. Like it's an important issue for everybody. Also worth noting was a news poll was accurate for once. And if these swings are repeated at the federal level, well, Scott Morrison's gone. Of course, none of this phases Scott Morrison. This election was being fought on state issues. Federal election will be fought on federal issues. And uh, what I know is, is that Anthony Albanese 
is not Peter Malinowskis. Wow, what a cute and amazing observational powers from Scott Morrison there. Malinowskis isn't Albanese. He's like a he's like a human AI, this bloke. Next thing he'll be able to tell like circles apart from squares and oranges apart from apples and stuff. Just just incredible. No, seriously though, Morrison is right. Malinowskis uh, isn't Anthony Albanese because for one, Malinowskis would never say anything like this. In America, they devote a rock formation to their presidents at Mount Rushmore. If they were going to ma- devote a rock formation to this mob, It'll be called the Bungle Bungles. So in conclusion, congratulations, South Australia, on voting in a charismatic new Labor leader in Peter Malinowskis. None of us had any idea that was a thing that existed. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is looking at our potential leadership options, and all we can say is... I think Barack Obama would do me. Alrighty, that's episode 96 of News Fighters. Probably the last time I talk about South Australia... For another four years. News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. Follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical. Don't forget, uh, if you're listening on the uh, podcast apps, hit subscribe or follow. And uh, if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. And uh, if you're listening to us, uh, why not watch this on YouTube at youtube.com uh, slash newsfighters. Also, follow us on our socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. And a big shout out and thank you to all my uh, patrons and my new patrons who've signed up this week. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters where you'll get early extended ad-free episodes and a monthly bonus episode. Or if you want to support the show, you can also buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters and sign up for our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Alrighty, normally the show is uh, fortnightly this year, but we're going to have a new episode next week as I cover the federal budget. I'm going to try and get that out as quickly as I can. So watch your podcast apps and our YouTube channel for that. Alrighty, everyone, keep wearing a mask, wash your hands, don't drive in floodwaters, and I'll see you next week. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Well, at least I don't have to listen to Tones and I. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.